Oh God, if we had a parrot, my family would never be able to come over here again. It would say all the time. Welcome to Movie Painter Pleasure Podcast, the show that's somehow still going on in the midst of an ongoing apocalypse. I'm your co-host, Melanie, and for tonight, I am drinking this very cute little bottle of Jim Beam honey because my sweet, precious, innocent little niece got my whole family sick, and I sound like Marge Simpson's sisters right now. And I'm also celebrating. I saw my orthopedic surgeon today and learned that I do not have to have a third knee surgery to remove scar tissue after my ACL reconstruction. So for the last two summers, I've had some kind of knee surgery and that's put a damper on my plans, like chilling out of the pool and, well, you know, chilling out of the pool and getting tattoos and stuff like that. Which brings us to the theme of today's show. And AJ, what is that? I'm gonna tuck into this whiskey. Tuck in? That's such a weird phrase. Dumbledore said it. I hate it. Summer chill series. Explain the Summer Chill series. I mean, if you need to chill, and it's summer. Damn That's it. about it. This good. Things that almost make you want to have a nap. Yeah. Like... A, a, the perfect summer day is like... Maybe you work out in the morning. You swim in the afternoon in the pool outside. And then you come in and you have something cool... Like maybe an ice cold beer or a popsicle or some ice cream. And you chill out to a movie that just gives you a groovy, relaxed vibe. So we have 21 movies and TV shows that are make, make your summer feel nice and chill. So let's get started. Number one is an anime series from 2009 called Eden of the East. And I'll let you explain the plot of it, but here's why I like it. It gives me a vivid, very vivid memory. I don't remember what year it was. I don't remember who I was with. It doesn't matter. All I remember is being on the rooftop of this bar called Milk Bar in Dallas. So it was kind of like the Milk Bar in A Clockwork Orange, except without the Hmm. naked lady statues. But it was like dark purples and dark colors and big cushy seats. And I just remember sitting up there and looking out at the, the black sky And the city lights, it was probably somewhere in Lower Greenville or Deep Ellum, and just thinking, I am content with life right now. And there was this kind of low techno house music playing, chill as fuck. And that's what I get from the theme song that plays. The theme music is awesome. Then why don't you talk a little bit about the the plot, which you brought up before in one of our other podcasts. It was one of our recommendations for old. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, it doesn't sound chill as, like, a series. Man gets phone. Phone has cool-ass receptionist <laughs> that will do anything you ask it. And the only, with, within the bounds of, like, let's say $10 million, or maybe it's a $10 billion, whatever. Um, and you have to stay within the money, and the only stipulation is you have to try to save the world. And there's ten of them. And that's it. Like, go. And there's mysteries and crimes and a so bunch like, of stuff. It's like if Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk had accountability to give back to the community. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah, and if, you know, 
you use all your money, you die in certain shit like that. It doesn't sound chill at all, but it's It so, doesn't, but dude, the theme music even more is than, chill. Even more than that, it's just, it's calming somehow. It's not, it's energetic, but it's not like fervent. It's not, it's not like, uh, what's that dumbass action movie with a dude on a bus? Speed. Yeah, it's not like that, but... It feels like it should be. There's a sense of urgency. But it's not like, everyone's gonna die right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. Take it's your time. fucking awesome. Dude. And there's two movies oh. afterwards, which I need to find. Word. But, right. yeah. So, this number two is also an anime series based on a manga, Fruits Basket, which first ran in 2001, and then there was a uh, reboot from 2019 to 2021, and it... AJ told me about it years ago, and he said, one of the things was, it's super chill. It is and it isn't. There's some moments of drama and peril, and we were on the edge of our seats with some episodes, the and I, like, saw cry with one of them, though. Yeah. The original is super chill. The original chill. is chill as fuck. Um, which actually the, uh, sad that the manga creator did not like, because <laughs> basically they kind of took, they either took out or they weren't ready yet for all the darker things that they, they put into the story later on, but the original one is so calm, and it's funny, and it's just... It's cute, and it's sweet, and it's just, you want to be in their world, and then you get attached to the characters, so... Then watch the reboot. And at first, like, the first two episodes, I didn't like the reboot. But then we were obsessed. And when a new yeah. season came out, it was just binge, binge, binge. And there was one part towards the end. Anime always does this. And it's always these stupid teenage romance ones. I was sobbing because I thought one of the characters had died. She didn't. But I was just, my heart was torn out of my chest. Anime mm. has a way of doing that with these love stories. So, it's super chill. Number three is a movie from 2004, and that's Sideways, which yes. we've mentioned on the podcast before because that's one of our favorites. It's one I introduced AJ to. It shouldn't have been one of my favorites, but it did so. You <laughs> don't even like, you don't drink alcohol. I don't alcohol. give a don't... shit about wine. I don't give a shit about whatever that is. Um, this is Jim Beam. I hate all alcohol, but it's, I don't know, man. It's such a calm relaxing movie just about two guys going on a trip to wine country and they're both kind of fucked up and yeah they, so it's paul giamatti it. and thomas hayden church and they're so funny together and my uh miles the character paul giamatti plays it with such pathos he's he's pitiful and he's pathetic and he's unlikable but you also your heart breaks for him the way he he acts this role is so heartbreaking, and there's some yeah. really touching moments. Um, there's a scene where they're at a restaurant, and he gets drunk, and the way they film it, like, I have felt that kind of drunk. They, ooh, I know where it's going. And also, here's an added bonus. I have family who lives in Buellton, the little town in California where it was <laughs> filmed, and I have a standing invitation to visit, so we can go out there and fangirl at the hitching post and maybe, the windmill. Maybe we'll have to build a episode around that. Yeah. Um, so, it's better than the book, too, so there's that. It's much better than the book. Sorry, book. Sorry, book. <laughs> Sorry, Rex Pickett. I know you probably hate hearing that. <laughs> but his book gave way to this wonderful, wonderful movie. You know what's good about the movie? Um, that it that, exists? That, that the book misses. The book is very cynical and, like, 
depressing and how mean-spirited it is. Yeah. Um, even though there's, like, sort of a little bit of hope at the end. There's, like, redemption but in the third book. In the movie, like, everyone has good and bad sides, and except for the character Mia, who you really end up enjoying, who's a little more likable, instead of just being like, yeah, everybody's shit, everybody's terrible, fuck it. Yeah. So, yeah, watch the movie. It's so fucking... It's so ugh. chill. Chill as fuck. That's the theme. Number four is Lost in Translation from 2003. It was directed by Sofia Coppola and stars Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. And this is one that I introduced AJ to. And this is one that makes... Everybody who doesn't have a travel bug want to go to Japan. Yeah. This and Tokyo Drift made me want to go to For very different reasons. This, I want to go to, like, their version of the milk bar in Tokyo and just... And the nightlife and, like... Zone out with a drink in my hand and just listen to people. Just watch, just people watch, just listen. Even though you probably won't understand anything that's going on. I can still people watch. (laughs) Um, I can be an introvert in any language. This is sort of... For me, in the same vein as Sideways, um, it's just two people bouncing off of each other for, like, a whole movie. And it's, it sort of has a little bit of, like, a, a safe romance thing going on, but it's not super energetic like a fresh romance usually is where they're like we gotta do this we gotta do that we gotta no, do it's they're just, just like enjoying each other's company and helping each other deal with being in a weird place two humans existing with each other and that's just pleasant and calm so number five is the jungle book from 1967 the animated original which we made Disney. a whole video about watch it yes yeah, so we made a whole video about five different versions of the jungle book now this one's in the summer chill series because it's chill as hell listen to the score at the beginning my god it just makes you want... the clarinet and the oboe you just want to go like lay up curl up on a pile of leaves and go to sleep but don't do it because the outside world is definitely dirty and bugs will attack you oh mosquitoes love me um you want to like climb on a tree and just fucking Lay out. Let Ka sing you to sleep. Don't do not do any of these things. Don't do that. Ka will eat you. So it's it's awesome. You have chill-ass Baloo. You have kind of prissy Bagheera. You have Winnie the Pooh as the voice of Ka. <laughs> Even the villains are chill. Even or at least one of chill. them. Shere Khan is actually pretty chill in this version. He's he kind of is. He just kind of minces in and says, oh, Well, man cub, I may kill you today, but I don't he, feel like it. He does everything at his pace. Yeah. And Ka is just like, I nap and I eat. And I make you nap so I can eat you. Yep. That's it. There's nothing more chill than that. Yeah, unlike <laughs> Idris Elba's version of Ka with a stick up his ass. Not and... Ka, it's a... Oh, not Ka. Sorry, Shere Khan. <laughs> I'm sorry, Idris Elba. I love you, but I don't like when you voice characters. Because you're just grumpy and boring. So I did not like his version of Shere Khan Oh, yeah, and he's going to be Knuckles. <laughs> Damn it. Idris Elba, why you got to ruin these characters? So watch the original yeah. animated Jungle Book. Or all the other ones we talked about. Yeah. Go watch our video. <laughs> all the other versions have their redeeming qualities. So number six isn't exactly chill, but it's an, an incredible movie. And that's Parasite from 2019, which was the Oscar winning film from Korea. I mean, sometimes you just want to watch some good shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying to AJ earlier, I just, every once in a while, I need to 
watch Parasite to just remember how good it is. It's like watching Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. I just, I need to see it again. It's like how my niece is obsessed with Coco Melon and she just has to watch it over and over and over and again. <laughs> and that's kind of how I am as an adult with things like Joker and Parasite. They're just incredible movies. Time's Acting, out. writing, everything about it. Yeah. It's an overall good and, experience, and it hits you right in the gut, in the viscera. If you've already been out and about and doing your thing, and you're just, you're relaxed, and you're just laying out on the couch, you can just take it all in and not even think about it too much. Like, it's, you don't even have to analyze it to enjoy how good it is. It's like it's, the, it's like the part in the movie where the rich couple are laying on the couch watching their son outside and he's in the tent in his teepee and they're just laying there. That's kind of how I feel when I watch the entire movie. So yeah. well written, so well acted, such a good story, such a twist at the end. Holy crap. <laughs> All right. So number seven is another all-time favorite and that's Django Unchained from 2012 <laughs> by Quentin Tarantino. And they, this, I think, is our... Our collective favorite movie ever. Yeah. It's the one for, we've watched the most. For a while there, it was once every one or two months. Uh, was just it that like, often? Yeah. We just got in the mood like we... I watched that movie. Put it on. Put I it watched, on. Yeah. I watched it as many times as I've read Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. It's a lot. It's it's a great number of times. <laughs> and I love when people... I've talked to people at work and they're like, well, they'll, what's your favorite movie comes up? And I'll say Django, and they're like, why? <laughs> like, Have you seen it? Asshole racist white people getting killed. What's up? Like, What's better than that? Killing white people for fun? What's not to like? Um, yeah, Jamie Foxx said it all. Um, I could throw this shit on and just walk around doing chores and listen to it in the yeah. other room. Never even look at it, and it's so worthwhile. We even watched it in Spanish. Yeah. Just to brush up on our Spanish skills. And, like, we, we have the movie memorized, basically, so we could kind of get the gist of what was being said. This is... That's Tarantino's magnum opus. I don't give a shit what he thinks it is. I think Django is his best one. Yes, that made me fall in love with Christoph Waltz. His character was so kind, and also he was a killer, but I just... I loved the charisma of King Schultz and... Then there was Django and Candy and Steven and all these, and Big Daddy, all these really memorable uh, characters. It's a very quotable movie. Uh, what's the redneck dude's name? Big what? Daddy? No, no, no. No, he's enjoyable too, but, um, Walking in the Moonlight. Oh, Billy Crash. Billy Crash. <laughs> Everybody in this is amazing. BH, <laughs> Jay, Silent Hill, Billy. <laughs> that, there you go. Okay. Number eight, speaking of westerns, is the 1989 miniseries Lonesome Dove with Robert Duvall, an honorary Texan, and Tommy Lee Jones, who was born in San Saba, Texas, and went to high school in Midland. So he, like me, is can claim he's from West Texas. Hmm. That's why his accent is so delightful. <laughs> I'll watch anything with Tommy Lee Jones, really. I know, and but he's just his sensible self the whole time. This just happened to exactly happen during summer. Um, I have to okay. cough again. <coughs> All right. Um, I'm hearing my Texan come out as we talk about We're talking about Lonesome Dove. Let, let the accent come out during, during summer. summer. Anyway, um, 
I had, I think I had seen a little bits and pieces of it, but I knew it was supposed to be this grand fucking thing. My mom loved the books. I bought her Streets of Laredo at some point whenever I was a kid for her birthday. And, um, the book, not the miniseries or whatever movie for that. And I don't even know why we did it. We're just like, screw it. Let's get it. And it's such a slow build. It's perfect for a chill-ass afternoon. Yeah, where you kind of have, you just have the natural sunlight coming in. You got something cold to drink. You don't have to really do anything. Dinner's going to be on the stove in a couple of hours, but you don't have to worry about it. So we have Gus and Call, I think, are the two main gentlemen. And Gus is very jolly and funny and he's he and and tommy lee jones plays the straight man to the hilt he is wonderful he has the best line in the entire series biscuits he likes biscuits and And whores whores. (laughs) and it's so good and it's sad in some parts and it's exciting in other parts and they're really good characters all throughout uh fucking danny glover is in this and there's a bunch of names in here uh, an Italian guy pretending to be a Native American with a fake nose. Wasn't um, Chris Cooper, wasn't he July? I think so. He was July. <laughs> um, God, it's so... See, we just sound chill, like, talking about these. This, yeah. this just makes my accent come tumbling out. But, uh... Everything I've been trying to hide. Shit. Because I only... didn't want to sound like the rednecks I grew up now with. Now that summer's coming around, we can watch it again. <clears throat> We've only seen it the once. Yeah. And we can take our time and just... And just but, let but... it let it draw out like a long Texas summer. Which is going to be long because summer ends around October here. Yeah. So, anyway, number nine is She's Out of My League from 2010, starring Jay Baruchelle and Alice Eve. And this was such a summer chill movie that AJ fell asleep one afternoon when we put this movie on. Oh. Uh, so, it's this just... is cute. It's a romantic comedy yeah, in kind of a different way. It's just... And it's raunchy nice. in some ways, know. but it's cute. It's just nice. Like It's a dorky guy who meets a hot girl and she falls for him and hilarity ensues. They treat... Okay. They treat every sitcom couple the way shit would maybe actually happen in real life. Not like super realistic, but like more realistic. Every fucking sitcom from the 90s and 2000s was ugly, weird, or fat-ass looking dude with hot, skinny funny chick like it every single one of them um except for everybody loves raymond i hated his wife but like leah remini and um what's his king name? of queens yeah, yeah that guy Th- that was always the setup or even animated ones like homer and marge and peter and lois wow. or and so a really skinny awkward but nice dude gets hit on by a hot ass chick and doesn't know what the hell to do with it that's all you need (laughs) it's cute it's funny all right number 10 is adventureland from 2009 starring jesse Mm. eisenberg and it's it's a summer film it's a summer film so it's perfect to be in the summer chill series yes and they use one of the chillest songs of all time The, the soundtrack is great but they use the song tops by the rolling stones from the album Tattoo You. And if you know that song, then you're a real Rolling Stones fan. That is the chillest song ever. They also have Amadeus. Rock Me Amadeus? Over Oh and my god, over I hate that song so over, much. And that's the point of it playing over and over again, but... The rest of the soundtrack, including Tops by the Rolling Stones, is really, really good. 
And it's just like a, it, another weird, awkward, skinny dude trying to like figure out the way he. I don't know, the way he feels about life, I guess, at the moment. Yeah, life, and a girl happens to be in the picture, and it kind of makes it makes me think about back when gas was cheap enough to do this, like, driving around with my friends at night, out in West Texas, out with just the black sky and the stars, and you're listening to music, and there's, there's an emptiness, but it's calm. Hmm. I think it does... It does, if you're, well, depending on what age you are, it does give you that feeling of sort of nostalgia for being, like, right at the end of high school or about to leave high school or whatever, and I know, you know, life's supposed to get better, but at least back then, you, there's, like, there's no real responsibilities for the most part, and you you got, you don't, there's all this shit you don't know about the world, so you still have a little bit of hope. <laughs> and you you're just you're free to kind of figure out what you want to do next to some degree some people will go straight to work but you know like it just has that vibe like, yeah it, it definitely has a chill vibe just sit outside at night look at the stars and try to think what you're gonna do next yeah small town people here if you couldn't tell very nostalgic for that Number 11 is Dirty Grandpa from 2016 with <laughs> Zac Efron and Robert De Niro. Oh, God. It makes me want to go to Florida, and I bet it sucks. <laughs> like, I bet Florida is god-awful, um, but it makes me want to go there. I'm drinking my drink. You can talk about the movie. I'm sick. I'm trying to save my voice. Uh, I don't know. It's fucking Robert De Niro fucking around with Zac Efron like he's his grandson, because that's the setup. And just talking shit to him the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he chases girls, he there, does, does drugs, There's awesome. a little bit of, like, a cliche setup of, ooh, this person, I mean, most of the time I think it's a chick, but at least this time it's a dude. This guy is gonna get with the wrong girl, and he's, and, and it's someone from the outside, like, shows him that... Life can be different. He doesn't really love her, which I feel like he should have a pretty good idea of anyway, but... That's over and used, and that's fine. It's not great. But everything else is fucking hilarious, so it yeah. makes up for all of that. It's really funny. Robert De Niro, you are a gem. Speaking of Zac Efron, number 12 is Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. From twenty, <laughs> Also from 2016, Zac Efron was busy and also stars Adam Devine. I, I don't know why Zac Efron is like raunchy rated or a comedy guy really works it works uh he in in uh beach whatever uh fucking oh shit. uh baywatch baywatch the same shit it, they're all just sort of raunchy comedies with zach efron and somehow he's really good and he's always funny as the slightly confused straight man which is going to come into play at the end of this series <laughs> but and and everything hilarious is happening around him this movie is very very funny it also stars anna kendrick and Aubrey Plaza, and um, also the amount of money their parents have God. to spend on everybody going to a destination wedding in Hawaii, so you kind of get to travel vicariously with these people. And Adam Devine's really fucking hilarious, He's too. really <laughs> funny. We've been watching the um, the Righteous Gemstones, and he's in oh, that, yeah. and it's he's very funny. I don't think Mark watches my channel. I hope he does, but if, if you ever see this video, you are Adam Devine. Yeah, just... he's your twin. 
if you were white, <laughs> that's you for real. Like in both of these, in Righteous Gemstones and in Mike and Dave. Yeah. Like. It's very, shit. very funny. And uh, it's nice to see that like the girls are the ones that are kind of even more despicable than the boys. Yeah. In that. Um, they're the con artists. Yeah. They're, the guys are already despicable assholes. But the women are even worse, and that's what makes it awesome. Yeah. Number 13 is a sweet little independent film that I think I first saw at the Modern Art Museum, and I've since bought it on DVD, and I've made AJ watch it. And that's Waitress from 2007, starring Carrie Russell. And it's just a sweet little movie about a girl who lives in a small town. She has a shitty husband. She works in a pie shop, and she's pregnant. And so it's just kind of the story of her journey. And that's it. That's it. That's the movie, and it's great. Well acted, well written. Has a lots of pies. Makes you want pie. Um, I I really enjoy when like movies will take the subject matter of a woman trying to deal with some particular spot in her life that's difficult, and she doesn't like go and find a dude that's better than her dude or whatever. It's just dealing with life. And I mean, she kind of does a little bit, but... Yeah, but it's not, like, the main focus. No. Um, like, Tyler Perry movies. <laughs> no offense to Tyler Perry, but he loves to reuse... Uh, I've seen it. It must have been three of the Medea universe films where woman is having a hard time, her husband is rich, but he's a dick, and she finds out she... Or gets kicked out of her own home or whatever. And so she's forced to deal with it. And she finds a better guy who actually believes in hard work and being family-oriented and being nice. And then then she learns to, like, better her life. Like, that's... So are you saying there's a Medea Cinematic Universe? Yes, there's a Medea Cinematic Universe. There's, like, 40 of them. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to go toe-to-toe with Marvel next. Okay. Medea versus the Hulk. <laughs> She's going to shoot the Hulk in the dick. Yep. I would say something funny like a Medea quote, but I've only seen the one movie, so I can't say anything funny. All right, number 14 is another Disney animated classic, The Sword in the Stone from 1963. Oh, my God. So chill! It's like summer school. Like, if you had... I've never been to summer school, but in my head, I imagine if I went to summer school and I had a teacher that was actually cool about it, it's like, okay, guys, we gotta get through this, but I'll make it kind of fun, and we'll do it like a project or something. That's what it feels like. I kind of, okay, I took summer classes in college, but I kind of did summer school, and um, going into high school, we had the option to take our health class in the summer. Hmm. So I was a freshman, I think, going into it, and there were, like, seniors and a bunch of people who hadn't taken it, and our teacher was hilarious. He made it fun. He made us laugh. We sang a Friday song. <laughs> It was, he was loads of fun, so I could see him and Merlin getting along. Yeah, it's just, because it, half the movie is teaching, through teaching Arthur, you're learning about just random shit. <laughs> yeah. has nothing to do with anything, really. There's no congruency to the lessons, or like, it's weird, actually, it makes me think about what teaching a kid, like, way back in the day, what that would be like. If you didn't break up all your little subjects into things, and it's just one big block. Like an actual education. He's kind of like, Merlin's kind of like, 
If Dumbledore were, were poor. And a little gripey. <laughs> he's kind of... And he has a super bitchy owl named Archimedes. Yeah, he's... Is Archimedes on the Queen's list? He needs to be. He needs to be. He's in the Parliament um, of Owls. Eventually we... Yes, he is. Eventually we need to talk about the Parliament of Owls, the, the regular Parliament, and the... We have a diagram of all We the... have a Venn diagram. Okay, this is a sidebar. So we talk about movies a lot. Obviously, we have a podcast, and we kind of do our own fan fiction-y stuff in our head. One of the things we do is categorize people, and we have this Venn diagram. I have it drawn inside that door behind me, and it's heroes, villains, and queens. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter could qualify as all three. It's, it's fun. It's so weird. That we stumbled on doing that. Try it. It's <laughs> It works. Um, you can find heroes, villains, and queens in every movie. Mm, there's a surprising amount of villain-queen crossover. And it's fabulous. Anyway. I would be disappointed if there weren't villain-queen crossovers. Uh, even the climax... Disney movies would have no villains. <laughs> True. Even the climax of Sword in the Stone is pretty chill. Like, it's not... It's the most exciting part, but it's still pretty calm. I don't even remember what happens. I just remember the fight. Mem, with Madame Mem. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. That's the. I mean, that's. So that's the biggest conflict they have in that movie. Yeah. That's it. Because after that, eventually the kid's just like, huh. Pulls the sword out. Oh like, shit! Look at that. Well, I guess I'm king now. No, you're not. We're going to enslave all. <laughs> I didn't vote for you. That's not how you and then start. And Monty, then Monty Python and the Holy Grail starts, which Ugh. is another fun, chill movie, but it's not on the list. Number 15 is another animated movie, and it's an anime called Your Name from 2016. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Talk about how good this movie is. <laughs> There's a is. reason it won Best Anime or Animated Picture that year. There's a good fucking reason. It's so good. All the feels. Everything is good about it. The way it looks, the way it sounds, the story, the, the romance of... The twists, the all of it, all of it's amazing, and it's gender blender. So there's that, which a lot of people seem to be very into those stories with anime. Yeah, well, women seem to like those a lot. Gender blenders. Um, boy wakes up in girl's body. Girl wakes up in boy's body. They leave each other notes as they're fucking up each other's lives. They find ways to communicate, and and. Time and space continuum is also an issue. And there's a moment. You watch it first and then watch it with a friend. Because AJ had seen it first and then he was with me when I watched it. And you get to a part where you think all hope is lost. And I was like, no! And he had to reassure me that everything was going to be okay. I just laugh because I'm like, it's not real. <laughs> Which is... Wasn't not... that the one that was it? Terrence or Marvellus who watched it was like, man, love isn't real. Oh, yeah, Terrence. Because uh, he he very much knows what love is and everything, but he's like, that, love isn't like that. Like, that's not... There's there's nothing as good as what's on this movie. <laughs> this has forever ruined the concept of love. It just made him depressed. Yeah. Okay, number 16 is another love story anime that's not quite as impactful as your name, but it's pretty good, and it's called Weathering With You. From 2019, mm. and it has one of those supernatural elements that anime can get away with. This is made by the same director. Yeah, so... so it looks what? very similar, it has a very similar premise. And water's gonna look fucking legit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It has a similar premise. There's a girl and a boy who meet through a magic 
something that's not explained. That's fine. This is just supposed to be kind of whimsy. And wherever that goes. Um, the boy, I believe, is homeless and working for a newspaper. And the girl is almost also homeless. I forget, <laughs> See, but she, she can control the weather. Yeah. She's a sunshine girl. And that has consequences that they don't expect. Yes. And it's it's not as good as your name, but it still has a very similar feeling of just like exploring the world and like a fun thing that you don't having a, a fun power or, or situation you would you feel like you would enjoy being a part of. Yeah. And so seventeen are triumvirate of romance animes. This one was almost so chill that it, we thought it was going to be boring. But it actually was ending really good and it made me cry. Words bubble up like soda pop from mm. 2021. It's super chill. It's, and I mean, it's about the, it's about summer. It's almost, like she said, too much so. Because it, it almost feels like the, the story's never going to really start. And and then you feel like it's never going to resolve itself. And, and then, then by the end, oh, oh my god, god. waterworks! Just, uh, you can't help it. <laughs> As the ghost in Scrooge says, Niagara Falls. It's... I'm just crying my eyes out at the end of this anime movie. And okay, so influencer girl somehow meets shy boy. A... Who li- Shy likes- to almost autistic. He kids. likes haiku. Um, and he learns to communicate with others by being interested in this girl. And they kind of go on a random mission to find just um, a record for an old man. His wife sang on it, and she she was dead, and he wanted to hear her voice again. And you That's guys, all you need. <laughs> when they play the song, and you see his reaction, oh, it's, I was crying. Oh, God. oh, but it's such it's so slow. You got to be ready for that. And it has one of those moments where you're like, no, all hope is lost. I get so emotionally invested in these stupid teenage romance animes. Also, the animation is super weird. Like, not in a bad way, just. Very interesting. Hmm. Um, a lot of people won't understand this, but if anybody watches anime, the opening of... I think it's the first or second opening of Naruto Shippuden, where all the characters look kind of flowy when they run. That's what it reminds me of. Hmm. Which, you don't know that either, but that's fine. No, I don't. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pedestrian anime fan. All right. Changing, ta- uh, changing lanes. Number 18 is Magic Mike XXL from 2015. And we've talked about this before on our podcast. (laughs) It's so silly. It is just a fun romp the entire time. It's a silly dude trip. It really is. And there's lots of eye candy for the ladies and the dudes and anyone who likes to look at hot men. And it's hysterical. The music is good. It's none of the the drama. The first one was actually a really good character piece and drama and slice of life and it was sad and bleak yeah and there's none of that the second one is just complete fun it it's even sort of positive they're just like we just want one last ride yeah Yeah, just just supporting each other it's fun i want to watch it again (laughs) oh god in fact after they'll be watching this this is a funny moment so after the last video we were 
talking. Uh, what 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 list was it we were making where we threw that in there? Um, I don't remember. Oh, Any, it was dance movies. Okay, dance our movies. favorite dance movies. So I'm so we mentioned that in that movie in that uh, episode, and a couple days later I get a call from my dad, and <laughs> he's he's just like, hey, so I was watching your video, and uh, yeah, that place. What's it called? I used to work at it in Houston, and and we got a roundabout, and it's like, wait, you were talking about that movie with uh, that that Channing Tatum guy where he's a stripper or something. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I worked at that place, La Bear. I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, I used to bartend there. Bartend. Bartend. Not dance. Bartend. And uh, I was like, what the fuck? Because I've heard all my dad's stories, and he's got a bunch of them. The, you know, football stories and dad stories, like a nightclub uh, managerial type stuff. Your uh, dad had the brightest twinkle in his eye when he told me how he took a guy down and he was a bouncer at a club. <laughs> I've never seen someone sparkle so much. That's what he told me, he, that story. He's a very man's he's got, man. He's got good stories. Um, so I know all these stories. I've never heard this one. So that, that was... That was the shit. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> he used to work over there. And one night, uh, I'll add a little bit more. This is the best part. The, uh, one night, you might be thinking of a different part. He was, they did this thing where they would make the waiters, like, come in and do, and dance on their nights. Just, just like one month, one night out of the month. And my dad saw it coming up and he's like, no, give me that night off. I need to do something. And then he came in during that shift just to watch the other waiters have to do this shit in front of everybody. Okay, no, I'm thinking of the other story that's I know. even better. So apparently, <laughs> he was like, yeah, then one night, uh, mom came in with all of her girlfriends. So I was like, what the fuck? So my grandmother, who raised me, <laughs> came in with all her girlfriends while my dad was being a bartender to La Bear of Houston, which is what Magic Mike is based off of. So that happened. I don't, I don't know my family. I don't, I, don't... I, I don't think I can top that story. So we'll just leave it at that. We can move on. Number 19 is Tropic Thunder from 2008. It will never not be hilarious. It's so funny. It is so funny. And I don't even... Damn you, John Cruise. You're the funniest part of this movie. You're crazy, but damn you, you're funny. Um, I don't even know. People have talked about if it could be made today. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it might not get away with some stuff. Um, but it's so fucking funny. It's it's, it's like so Blazing funny. Saddles. Like, I don't oh, know if it yeah, could get made today. I don't think you make Blazing Saddles today. But it's so hilarious. It's so fucking good. And Tropic Thunder. And they're... they're they're aware of the joke. They're poking fun at the very institutions that yeah, you want to criticize. They're making fun of actors being this level of doucheness that they think that they can get away with doing blackface and having a problem with their possibly mentally handicapped child and things like that. And just all the horrible actor things and producers like yes. Les Grossman. I felt like Tom Cruise took that role really personally. Like he knew people like Les like, Grossman and he was going to show it. Apparently the story is that Ben Stiller was writing the script and he wanted Tom Cruise in it and he sent it over to Tom Cruise and I think he only had a bit part 
And then Tom was like, oh, no, you're missing, like, a whole piece here about the production company. Like, all the bullshit production company people, you don't have anything in here for that. So then Ben went back and wrote all the all of that shit. So we have Tom Cruise to thank for Les Grossman. Oh, man. Damn you, Tom Cruise. Also the part where he decided, like, I want to have fat hands and I want to dance. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, uh, so good. We were just quoting it earlier today. Swinging past your knees. Big deep plan. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. G5. Okay. I told you we'd bring it back to Zac Efron playing the awkward straight man, and I promise I'm delivering on that promise. Number 20 is High School Musical 2 from 2007. <laughs> Specifically High School Musical 2. Yeah. We've seen all the movies, including Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, which I think is canon and is better than High School Musical 3. And all uh, two seasons of High School Musical, the musical, the series, starring our favorite singer, Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, if we're saying collectively our, I guess. Oh, come on. I en- I enjoy her very much. Every time I but... would go out of town or he would go out of town, we'd come and be like, here's what I heard about Olivia Rodrigo. Did you see the video for was, this song? It was one weekend that this happened. It wasn't like every time. But every time Melanie goes out of town now, she plays Olivia Rodrigo's whole CD. Because... Because I bought it for her. He gave it to me for Christmas, and the day he gave it to me, we had to make some... I had some errands to run in town, and we listened to the album twice that day. <laughs> anyway, We also high... talk mad shit to it the whole time, but we love it. Yeah, anyway, High School Musical 2. Talk about that. Okay. Um, With Zac Efron. Why is this one specifically the one we chose? It's one, about summer. One, it's the best. It is the best. Two, it's summer. And that includes, what do you do during summer? You chill with your peoples, your friends. You have like a crappy high school job. Now, this is an elevated high school job, definitely. But still, you know, even though it's, you know, got to tell a story about how Troy's an asshole or whatever, it's, it's still him chilling with his friends the whole summer while they're making some money at this fucking uh, golf resort. But it's just, it's the best one. It has the best songs. Um, fuck you if you're going to make fun of me for liking some of these songs. It's funny. It has Bet On It. Bet On It. <laughs> bet On It is the shit for how good but bad it is. Like, yeah. the, the dance in it is amazing. Oh, he jumps around like, when like he, Mario. When he like he just boing boings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... I don't dance while you while he's actively dancing. That's an awesome one. With Chad and Ryan. Yeah. Yes, that was I I, that was good. And then okay, there's one. Sharpay does this song, and like oh my god, the cultural appropriation. This Hawaiian song, and Zac Efron's just sitting there like confused and perplexed the whole time, and just watching his face is yeah. the funniest part of that it's song. Like, Him keeping a straight face the whole time is the best part. Or, yeah, it's either that or he's stone-faced or he just... And it's ridiculous. Okay, we're adults. Life sucks right now. Inflation, gas prices, housing prices, war in Ukraine. Everything's awful. High School Musical is your oasis <laughs> in all this awful. Yeah, we and we only watched it because it was a phenomenon when I was growing up, but I didn't watch that I shit. I wanted to hate-watch High School Musical. So, yeah, we were going to hate-watch it because we, we like other musicals. Like Annie and Sound of Music and stuff like that. Um, Sweeney Todd. <laughs> so we're like, this has got to be a bad musical. Let's hate watch it. So let's, yeah. And then, oh, 
We Fuck. ended up liking it. Okay. We'll watch the next one. Shit, this one's even better. <laughs> and the TV show on Disney Plus is so meta. It's actually it's amazing. Awesome. It is. Watch all of it, but like summer chill high school musical too. Yes. Which brings us to our final movie, Chef, from 2014, starring John Favreau. And I'd seen it before, and then the last time we watched it, we were at my parents' house in the Texas Hill Country, which that in and of itself is a very chill place to be, so. We were literally chilling on the couch, like, almost nodding off while this just yeah calm-ass movie about a dude with a, with a food truck. And that's it. And we like food. All of it. Like, All of it. The stuff with the food, the stuff with his kid, the him dealing with his, like, midlife crisis, his relationship with his ex-wife. Yeah, that was interesting. Like, she, they were super friendly. And, I mean, okay, by the end, it would have made a little more sense if they stayed apart. But just them being really supportive of each other. Like, they, yeah. they were not dicks to each other. It's like, look. Can't make this work? Fine. We'll just co-parent, and that's cool. And I I don't know. I enjoy that more because it's always the parents are fighting and shit, or they hate each other. My parents were super friendly my entire childhood after the split. You know? Like, there was never animosity. And I that was probably a good thing for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wish that was more of the accepted situation instead of it's always mm-hmm. like... They're trying to get back at each other or some shit. It's weird. Yeah. Um, or The Parent Trap, which is also a summer movie. But Yeah, John Languizamo's in it, too, and he's just cool. Yeah, so. he's cool. So so that's it. That's our summer chill series. Just kick back and relax, watch the world burn. and I have one honorary mention. Yes. Knives Out. Ah, yeah, talk about that. I don't know. Watch that shit. It's, it's, a, it's a good-fashioned, old-fashioned... Uh, what do you call it? Mystery? Uh, it's a mystery, but there's like, who done it? That's what, yeah. yeah. That's what the word, who done it? Fucking English language. Uh, anyway. Um, that is the genre. It's, who done it's are actually pretty chill because there's one moment of like murder or whatever, and then the rest is sort of like, let's let our minds open up and piece together what we're, what we're looking at here. <laughs> Fear inclined to sound like the detective um who i can't remember that daniel craig does amazing as this alabama fucking detective uh whatever he is Mm -hmm. um it and anna de armas is in it being adorable Mm -hmm. (laughs) the entire film christopher Uh, Plummer's in it he's always awesome every scene he's in is chill because yeah. his mood, the entire movie, even when he's arguing with people, is like, that's how it is. Yeah. So. So, yeah, they're honorable 22. So you have lots of options. So I'm trying to get this out before I cough again. So there are many ways to join our cult and be my victim. You can follow us on Twitch, Discord, YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. We're also on Instagram. Smash the like button. Subscribe. Join our cult. Be my victim. Have a good, chill, relaxing summer. Yeah, Bye. Pa- pass out on the couch after or during one of these. <laughs>